Boom! Welcome back, Cryptonauts, to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Jabarelli, with my co-host, the founder of this, Blockchain John. How you doing, Blockchain John? Oh, good, man. When you said boom, I thought you were, I swear you were going to say boom, shakalaka. I was like, okay, all right, mixing it up, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Different, different weekend, strokes for different strokes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Weekend has been busy, uh, nonstop. Even now, after the podcast, I'm just taking it. I'm hitting the road again, man. Just decided to come home right now, just do the podcast, just to make sure we can get some some content out to everyone that needs it. Because you know, you got to get that daily fix. Or not the daily fix. I guess the biweekly fix, right? You probably that's need what, a you need a, a setup in your and you know you need a different van. You, I know you've had your car for a long time. You need a different car. <laughs> it's like a like a, 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 a podcast a Ford. Setup. Yeah, no, a Ford a Ford yeah. uh, uh, what's yeah. it? Transit Ford Transit van. So you could have like a bed in the back, and that way you can have a place to stay when you're on the road. And you have your your laptop and your little you know recording studio in the back of the van. Yeah. I was thinking about doing this myself, so maybe I'm just projecting. No, no. No joke, no joke. I did one podcast with like the whole Ravencoin group, right? Um, in my car, like, like the reason I did that was because inside the house it was so loud. We had a bunch of family visiting, right? All right. There's like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to podcast in the house when I have, you know, I have Tron, uh, Tron on the podcast, and a bunch of developers that are working on uh, P2SH, and they're all talking about their own little project that they have going on, their side project that they're also doing uh, and building on on, on Ravencoin. So I'm like. I cannot do this podcast inside of my house with all this screaming, yelling, banging, you know, going around. So I said, okay, I'm taking my whole equipment. I set it up in my car, and uh, we made it. We made it work, man. More or less. I did come to find out that there are limitations on the anchor because this was this was when I, I migrated from anchor to to Discord mm-hmm. uh, because we had so many so many speakers um, on on that particular episode yep. that there was a limitation of six. Uh, six speakers in Oops. total at any given time on Anchor. It's a limit, but mm-hmm. with uh, I think with 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 Discord, I think it's up to forty, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. wow! Anyway, so I went I went uh, camping, I went uh, barbecuing, uh, enjoyed enjoyed the lake for a bit, and now I'm back home refreshed. Well, trying to get refreshed, you know, ugh, maybe take a nap and then go to another barbecue here after this. What cool. about you, man? Um. Well, I. I'm really doing a whole lot of stuff. I I know I've been trying to figure. I'm so grateful. I live at Roseville. I don't mind admitting this on the podcast. I live in Roseville, in California. Um, but uh, Roseville brought back the fireworks display. I'm so excited. We I mean we moved out here in 2018, and uh, they canceled it that year because yeah. it was so much fire going on in California. They didn't want to add to the smoke. And of course, then with the next summer, it was also smoky. And the next summer, it was smoky. So this is the first summer where you haven't had a whole lot of smoke up here in Northern California. And so they're finally bringing back the uh, the fireworks display. I'm very excited about it. I'm going to go see that. We can we can kind of see it from our house, but there's a great place that just sits right up above where the fireworks are. So you can look straight out from your car and just watch the fireworks display. So excited about seeing that. Finally. I, think, I guess as a re- relative concept, um, where I grew up in, in Bakersfield, I'm admitting I grew up in Bakersfield. I'm a Central Valley guy. Um, and... Uh, Anyways, uh, we could sit on the front lawn of my parents' house and watch the fireworks. Just right there on the front lawn. Just go out and you know, have your ice cream, your hot dogs and everything. Just sit on the front lawn and watch the fireworks. Loved it. I so missed that. So yeah, looking you know forward to it. Cool. Now that you said that, I, um, I, 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 the, the news released like 20 different locations here in the Bay Area that uh, are being organized by 
um, local communities of mm-hmm. fireworks shows. I'm like, wow, that's actually kind of cool mm-hmm. that uh, that these that, that finally the community has a budget to buy uh, to purchase fireworks and actually launch them. You know, so yep. I'm definitely going out to one of those tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward cool to it. To see, Yay. To, to see that happen, even I mean, though considering that the that, that the city itself uh, <laughs> here here in San Jose, the Bay Area. On Fourth of July, I, it wouldn't be surprised if it's tonight as well. There's going to be thousands. Oh yeah, thousands no, I mean, Great America, Great America has been doing it for years, every single night around uh, around this time. So, oh, did you hear that bank that that, that Great America? They're they're done, dude. Yeah, well, they're done. I'm not surprised. Like they sold they sold the property. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> they never really did very well. So, really, oh, well, man. I mean, I All grew right. up I grew up in southern you know central Southern California, pretty far away from the mm-hmm. Bay. And we always went to Magic Mountain, not to Great America. Magic Mountain is way better. Come on, Disneyland, um, Universal Studios, Knott's Berry Farm, all in L.A. area. And not far, just north of L.A., up in, um, was it not Castaic, uh, Ventura, Valencia. Valencia is where where, uh, Six Flags uh, uh, Magic Mountain is. Magic Mountain's far better. Just, like I said, when I first first went to great america back in the 90s i was like what is this there's like six rides this place is pathetic so i'm not surprised i mean <laughs> i'm i'm sure the people of the bay area are disappointed i mean just still got uh, yeah. what sea world up in richmond so you know or not richmond um vallejo but um well, go to sea world man i want to go on some roller coasters i know but sea world has roller coasters so you know. oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. Cool. well this I one that one does the one that's in that's up in vallejo does but um i guess what i'm saying is that uh the, the the Bay Area never really did the big stuff like L.A. did. And I don't know. I'm just used to what L.A. has delivered. Anyways, way off topic. Let's. I've been showing the audience here on the stream <laughs> or on the podcast here pictures of our our T-shirts so everybody knows to, you know, check out a, a, a Stack Sats and Hoddle shirt here. We also have the um, – uh, let's get back to the original here. Whoop, that's the wrong wrong shop. Uh, Diamond Hands. Currently, an Owen, a bunch of different colors other than white, unfortunately, uh, other than black. I know you guys want a black T-shirt. I'm still working on it. I apologize. I haven't made one yet. Been really busy lately. Um, but yes, there will be a black Diamond Hand shirt soon, and I, I mean soon as in I will probably be working on it this week. So, coming soon, black Diamond Hand shirt. Sorry for the delays. There are actually other shirts in my queue that I've already been making. So, be sure to check those out when you get the chance. Let's talk about the Coin Tree. If you guys want to donate and you don't just want to buy a t-shirt from us, we are perfectly happy to accept a whole bunch of different coins, and we're probably going to be adding even more, like Cosmos, in the near future. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Raven, Bat, Litecoin, Flux, Monero, USDC, that circle, uh, GSD, uh, SNX, which is Synthetics, uh, Cake, Celsius, Stellar. Oh, actually, don't, we don't take Celsius. Sorry, no one takes Celsius. We're going to take that off pretty soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're no, they're no longer a sponsor because they're, they're not doing very well right now. Anyways, you can also check us out on Discord, which we're going to show you in a moment here. Twitter, Twitch. Definitely check us out on Odyssey because there's no ads. YouTube does ads over our content. There's nothing we can do about that. But if you want to see ad-free content, check us out on Odyssey. So it's the same C3 Media on Odyssey. And for the crypto quote, we're going to do the job of the day first, the quote of the day. Whatever feels good to you. All right, let's just go with the quote right now, and you can read the, the job in a moment here. So check us out on Discord. Like I said, we have our link is in the chat. You can totally come and check us out, and there's tons of stuff. As you can see, there's tons of stuff going on here in the Cryptocurrency Chat Discord channel. But the quote of the day is from Tyler Winklevoss, one of the Winklevoss twins, who also owns uh, Gemini, the 
um, crypto company, we have elected to put our money and faith in a mathematical framework that is free of politics and human error. So, no politics, no human error, also no religion, although some people probably worship Bitcoin. But wait, Tyler's not wrong. So, uh, what's the, the job of the day here? Blockchain job of the day. Once, once again, you guys can head over to the Discord channel and go to Crypto Careers. There's a bunch of new jobs being listed there on the daily. Literally, if you're trying to get yourself into crypto, Web3, Web5, whatever it is, um, here it is. So this is a blockchain application developer, SDK, Node.js, TypeScript. And this one's written by Gibson. Welcome to Light Curve, Berlin's most dynamic blockchain studio in close cooperation with the Lisk Foundation based in Switzerland. We are developing a platform by developers for developers to fulfill our mission to make blockchain technology accessible. We are hardworking and fun-loving, always on the search for the most outstanding colleagues to push the boundaries of blockchain technology together. We are looking for blockchain application developer, SDK, Node.js, TypeScript, who can help the Lisp project achieve the very highest standard in code quality, performance, and security. You can find more information here at the product uh, at list.com and the GitHub. All right, what are the responsibilities of this job? You will uh, develop development of Node.js based blockchain applications and libraries, uh, implementations of Lisp improvement proposals, or L or LIPS, I guess it would be LIPS, right? <laughs> LIPS. <laughs> um, debugging, root cause analysis, bug fixing, unit integration testing, quality assurance, and yeah, that should that sounds like the average just developer working on any type of blockchain. So, yeah, there you go. So check out that job. It's a at the company called Lisk L I S K Blockchain Application Developer. Let's get on to the news. Sliding over here to this week in crypto Twitter. You want to do this, John? You want me to do it? Oh, go ahead. Alrighty. I'll pull back up to the top here. This week in crypto Twitter, Bitcoin whales by the dip. Not surprisingly, we we may not be whales, but we know we buy the f and dip, as the song goes. Nick Carter defends an investment. What? Why does he need to invest? All right. Anyways, SBF, that's Sam Bankman Free, memed as Atlas. So, getting into it. Bitcoin has been struggling. If you haven't been paying attention and you live under a rock, that's okay. It's okay to live under rocks. Just, you know, maybe you're not into crypto. Uh, for three weeks after to stay above 20 grand, that's in U.S. dollars, we all know Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. And this week was no exception. World's favorite cryptocurrency, I guess, as of this writing, was hovering just above 19,000 US dollars. Many Bitcoin maximalists didn't appear too concerned, just like Michael Saylor and others have been buying the dip. MicroStrategy CEO and whale-sized Bitcoin holder, a oh, hodler rather, um, Michael Saylor, who is actually the, he's currently the largest, isn't he? Announced another large Bitcoin purchase Although that didn't seem to impress pro-gold economist Peter Schiff. And I'm actually going to read this because it's important. MicroStrategy has purchased 480 Bitcoins for $10 million, an average price of $20,817 US dollars per Bitcoin as of 628.22. MicroStrategy holds 129,699 Bitcoins acquired for roughly $3.98 billion. An average price, I know I saw nothing like Michael Saylor, but that's just how I'm reading it. An average price of 30.664,000 dollars per Bitcoin. And then Peter Schiff's response is, increasing your stake by less than 0.004% seems like 
and attempt to influence the market by demonstrating your uh, conviction to other investors. But if you're so sure Bitcoin is cheap, why not spend $100 million? You must think there's still a lot of downside left in this move. Ha 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 ha. He's probably flipping him off while he's writing it. Anyways, El Salvador authoritarian president Nayib Bukele also bought more Bitcoin, which should be no surprise to regular column readers and those who listen to this show. El Salvador bought 80, only 80, 80 Bitcoin at $19,000 a piece. Bitcoin is the future. Just so you guys know, in case it doesn't say it in here, uh, Nayib Bukele's previous purchases in the past have lost his country 60 million U.S. dollars. But we already know he's trying to move away from U.S. dollars. That's why he brought Bitcoin into the fold. So he's. But why is he buying it? Why is he only buying small batches of it? Eh, maybe so, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know why. You should be buying a lot more at this point. I mean, come on. He's only raping. I mean, destroying his company, uh, his country with you know taking all their money. I don't. I don't understand the, the, the methodologies of a dictator. <laughs> anyway, Saylor and Bukele, in a bit of a twist, weren't the center of attention during this week. Venture capitalist Nick Carter, as we mentioned at the top, himself a Bitcoin fan, but apparently not maximalist, stoked the wrath of the laser-eyed masses with one simple tweet on Tuesday, announcing his decision to invest in an Ethereum and Solana-friendly wallet-based authentication tool called Dynamic, not Dynamo. Uh, I'm going to read his tweet here. Nick Carter says, Excited to be backing at dynamic underscore XYZ. The pain suffered, and this is not part of his tweet, the pain suffered by puritanical Bitcoiners when they learned that Carter also invests in things other than Bitcoin, perhaps exemplified by a tweet from Mission Bitcoin. That tweet saying, Nick Carter's selling out wasn't on my 2022 Bitcoin bingo card. <laughs> Carter responded by roasting the roasters. All I ever wanted was Samson's approval. This is Samson <laughs> Mao. Nothing, uh, not something to be proud of, Samson Mao comments on his not purchasing Bitcoin in transaction. I think if I, I mean, obviously Nick Carter doesn't give a crap what these people think, but at the same time, it's kind of from the standpoint of like, what, can I invest in other things? <laughs> he added, I couldn't care less about the laser eye crew. I'm not going to read his tweet. You can check it out yourselves. Dan Held, uh, director of the, that's Dan Held, that guy's name, not that he held something, director of the growth market marketing at Kraken, uh, was among Carter's defenders. I'm going to read this one here. Defend The definition of a Bitcoiner is exemplified by Nick Carter, who has ceaselessly fought to defend Bitcoin against detractors. Trying to call him, trying to cancel him because of an entirely arbitrary purity test is dumb. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for defending the altcoiners even if Nick Carter is much more of a maximalist. Anyways, $47 million. Crypto exchange CoinFlex last month announced it had frozen withdrawals because of, quote, continued uncertainty involving a counterparty, end quote. This week, CEO Mark Lamb outed said counterparty as one Roger Ver, a.k.a. Bitcoin Jesus, a former Bitcoin evangelist who now shills Bitcoin Cash. Because why not? You can check that feed out yourself. Shortly before Lamb's tweet, Ver dismissed the idea that some rumors, while also alleging CoinFlex, was actually in debt to him. And here's his tweet. Lamb called Ver's denial tactics, and we uh, rather called on Ver's denial tactics, and reconfirmed that, yes, Ver definitely owes CoinFlex, not the other way around. <laughs> Booyah! Blockchain finalized. 
the SBF, aka Sam Bankman Freed, FTX CEO announced in June he was providing a $250 million, that's one quarter of a billion dollar credit injection to crypto lender BlockFi, Block, 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 after company announced it was slashing its workforce by roughly 20%, citing a dramatic shift in macroeconomic conditions. Oh, you mean like the market crashed? In an interview with NPR last month, Bankman Fried said his exchange has a responsibility to bail out all ailing crypto companies in times of crisis. Oh, hey, I've got an ailing crypto company. Can you give me a quarter million dollars? Right, exactly. <laughs> True to his Please. word. The block failed, uh, BlockFi deal was just finalized. Hey, man, I'll, I'll take a half million. That, that'd be enough for me. You know, 500000 mm-hmm. no problem. Finance and investing new account at StockTwist's memed SBF's as Atlas. There's that visual. Axios business editing Dan Primack or Primack did not love that deal. And he's like a quarter million dollars is high end price range as we reported earlier. No word on the low end, which may be what, twenty five million? <laughs> Elsewhere. Newly surfaced reports revealed that some hedge funds allegedly borrowed hundreds of millions to short on tether. Not a good idea, in my opinion, but oh well. After the collapse of Terra, yep, they tried to squash Tether. Leon Marshall, head of the institutional sales of Genesis Global Trading, confirmed to a British financial news outlet that his hedge, pardon me, his hedge fund had executed short sales worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Why is why is he trading in dollars if he's British? Tether CEO Paolo Arduino. Uh, he does sound like he's a computer, doesn't he? Because he's an Arduino. Right. Um, responded to, <laughs> to the reports in a lengthy thread writing that short selling was just one uh, dimension in a multi pronged attack on Tether's credibility that also relies on fear, unrest, and doubt and troll armies. You're saying that you're really trolling them. Well, okay, well, I. If you look at the money, Arduino said uh, that Tether has endured many accusations that its USD stablecoin is not backed by one-to-one cash reserves. It is, actually. Uh, he stressed that Tether's fully black- backed by tested reserve and plays ball with regulators sharing some impressive stats on the numbers of redemptions Tether has handled. And here's more tweets regarding that. On Wednesday, the United States Security and Exchange Commission, a.k.a. the SEC, rejected digital asset manager Grayscale's application for a Bitcoin spot ETF, saying the firm had not done enough, exactly, thank you for the wah-wah, enough to protect investors from fraudulent and manipulative acts and practices. The next day, Grayscale CEO Michael Sonnenstein tweeted that his company is suing the agency. F you guys, here's a lawsuit. Finally, blockchain... Uh, game Axie Infinity is no longer a profitable enterprise. Wah, wah. Oh, wait, is that the kind of thing we should wah, wah for? According to a chart shared by Ryan Salkis and who founded the crypto market intelligence provider Masari. Look at that. Down it goes. Gamers have been abandoning the play to earn title en masse, that is, in masses. So, fortunately, there'll be a lot of people around to play total mayhem when it comes out finally in the third quarter of this year which yeah but what's what's nice about this is that that means that there's less transactions going on on the blockchain which means that the 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 fees well the fees are way down the fees on ethereum are so far down in fact i think the last time i looked at the the gas price for for ethereum it was nine i don't think i've ever seen it be that low except before it really got big 
was like, hey, nine, woo, nine, that's a pretty low price. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of crypto news. Yep, and good thing we dropped the Bekele news because it was in Twitter, so I didn't realize it was in there. But yeah, all right, awesome. moving on to cool. potato. To, let's go to Crypto Potato. This one's written by Jay Zwang. Zwang? Zwang. Zwang. It's all Zwang to me. U.S. and U.K. set to team up regulating cryptocurrencies. Bum, bum, bum. I need sound effects. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we do uh, need. <laughs> Her Majesty's Treasury hosted the regulatory... The regulatory? Reg, yeah, that is right. Regulatory, mm -hmm. regulatory. Pillar of the U.S.-U.K. Financial Innovation Partnership with its counterpart, the the U.S. Treasury Department on June 29th. Both parties acknowledge the importance of teaming up to support the safe innovation and strengthen regulatory outcomes for digital assets across jurisdiction. According to the joint statement issued, top domestic watchdogs such as the SEC, the CFTC, staff from the Bank of England, and the Financial Conduct Authority, FCA, have all participated in such a meeting chiefly focused on the recent development of stablecoins and CBDCs. The panel has laid a foundation for dialogues as such in the future, the document noted. Since its birth, cryptocurrencies has been made in response to third parties imposed restrictions on borderless transactions, with crypto assets making headlines with a series of fiascos amid a historic market crash, regulators find it pressing to develop cross-border efforts targeting the industry. Yeah, this is this is what? the problem. I mean, I, I I just realized I spent way too much time on that Twitter, so I'm I apologize. Um, that was a lot of news in there. Um, but this is the issue. It's like they're just like, well, we're gonna kick you guys while you're down. We gotta get this under control before it gets out of control, like it did over the last two years. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Especially with Terra, right? I mean, we're talking about stable coins, right? So SEC and the CFTC and the FCCA are just like, we gotta buckle down on these guys now while they're under the gun. Okay, guys, I hope not. Let <laughs> me read this one last little paragraph and then we'll move on. In addition, the U.S. and U.K. And, uh, the U.K. and U.S. authorities have also updated their approaches to CBDCs. The exchanging views on their plans for policy research and technology exploration. It did not come as a surprise as a survey by the Bank of International Settlements indicated that 9 out of 10 central banks are exploring how to launch their own CBDCs. Mm. Boom. Now, we've had this conversation multiple times, uh, Jake and I, about um, about CBDCs, and I, I think we can come to the con consensus that CBDCs are not good. They're centralized entities owned by the government, meaning that if you're trying to do any kind of comments, they're in control of that. They they ultimately get to make those decisions for you even though you feel like you're you're given the opportunity to make those decisions it's more of um it's more of um what's the, what's what's the word um i'm not sure there's a freedom to having a cbdc because it's all digital but it's not in your control like you say they, they always say right. not your keys it's, not your money it's 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 not a right it's going to be a privilege yeah, to right, have right. uh be able to purchase yeah ain't that crazy man yeah you're, you're you're gonna have a privilege to to just own half food. It's like that's crazy. Yeah, Anyways, you want move on. Yeah, you want money? Yeah, yeah. That's the government. Ask the government. They now control your ass. Moving on to Three Arrows Capital's failures <clears throat> with uh, decrypt. Uh, Kate Irwin writes this article. I'm not gonna read all of it. Uh, but uh, Three Arrows Capital files for bankruptcy. Per this report, crypto investment 
uh, firm, these people that we just mentioned earlier, have, um, I'm going to read it again. I just told you they filed for Chapter 15 bankruptcy on Friday. This is not unexpected. We definitely saw this coming. Uh, right. They managed about $10 million in yeah, ten billion dollars in assets as they did, and they, and they, they actually have control over Voyager Digital, and that's the reason why um, they suspended trading and withdrawals as soon as they heard this news. They're just like, "Oops, yeah, pulling that plug." That really sucks because it's like you know this is where all our money's going, citing unpaid loans of three capitals of six hundred and forty-six million dollars. So, just shy it was about two thirds of a billion. Uh, so yeah, they got this notice on Monday. Uh, anyways, so. This is what's happening. Let's see if I can read a little bit more about here. It says, Firm lost $200 million when Duoquan's algorithmic stablecoin UST destabilized and pledged in value in May. BitMEX, FTX, and Deribit have since liquidated three, a three ACs positions. So it's so a short little bit of news here. But, yeah, frankly, all these people, I, mean, I think another point here to me makes, the company was founded in 2012, so it's been a decade. I mean, that's, that was the early days of, of Bitcoin. And yeah, so Three Hours Capital has definitely been around. They just made some really bad choices. I, I, and that's what happens uh, j just just when you, you're trying to get ahead of all these other big corporations. Like, okay, finally, this is our opportunity to just do it. Let's jump into this. Mm -hmm. And, of course, UST yeah. was a flop. Overextended, overextended themselves, yeah. so it sucks. All right, just so high volatility causes a risk. Mm -hmm. All right, this one's written by Jay Zwang again from Crypto Potato. High volatility causes risk to crypto-backed mortgages, Citigroup. Wall Street giant Citigroup released a new report on crypto-backed mortgages as an alternative for financing properties. The document laid out the benefits of such a financial innovation and the potential risk rooted in a high volatility of asset prices. Titled Home of the Future Prop Tech Towards a Frictionless Housing Market, the report also dived into the future of digital real estate and enca encapsulated by the metaverse-oriented project, The Sandbox. According to Citigroup, crypto-backed mortgages represents an opportunity that simplifies the time-consuming process that requires borrowers to provide documents such as tax returns and bank statements to secure a loan. Let's scroll on down here to digital real estate. In addition to purchasing physical properties through crypto loans, the report commented on the potential ahead of digital real estate in the metaverse. The investment bank giant in particular views the sandbox as an opportunity for monetizing virtual real estate as the project has witnessed exponential growth in the past year. Quote, average land prices explode from $100 a land in January 2021 to $15,000 a land by December. <clears throat> from November 2021 to January 2022, an average of 8,000 land transactions occurred per month at $13,000 a land, with individual lands trading as high as $200,000. Now, Jake, you actually have experience in uh, purchasing land. I, I'm not sure if you sold land. Uh, not, not, not this particular land here, but not, not on the sandbox, but you have used um, another platform. Yep. Um, that you're, you're, you're very familiar with, if you want to just talk about your experiences of how that's changed um, over time. There's a really distinct, I won't go into human de detail with this, but there's a very big difference between the game that I play, which is Upland, um, and uh, Sandbox. The problem with Sandbox is there was no restriction on how much you could pay for land. And there's no um, noob, <laughs> noob level. So people who just buy land, the same thing happened in... Um, in uh, what's the name of the other one? Uh, Decentraland. The exact same thing happened. In fact, the same thing happened in Metro uh, Mega Mega Cryptopolis. 
as soon as people get in there and people with you know thousands of ethereum in their in their account just went and just paid whatever they wanted bought it all up and there was no nothing left for the little guy now that's the thing that I, I I still claim that I like best about Upland is Upland still lets the little guy jump into the game without ha- mm-hmm. having to face a market that has already outpaced that person. So oh, they okay. give you free, of, just enough to buy one piece of property in the very beginning, depending upon where the property starts up at, um, and then uh, you can you know get into the game a little more easily. It's not going to be fast. It's not going to be easy, but at least you can get in. Whereas the same problem, the problem that happened here with the sandbox is that, you know, as they say, $100 a land, so that's not too bad, but um, it, it went up too fast, so. And once again, what, this this game is called Downland? Upland. Upland! All right, cool. Yeah, so Upland, it's a fun game. I, I, I'm not saying it's super exciting, it's not, it's just training real estate, but it actually gives you a fighting chance, so. Oh, but uh, per the way that John learned, if you guys ever decide to play Upland, don't go anywhere. Just stay in the in the in the town that's closest to you. Because <laughs> traveling across the country when you don't have any money is expensive. <laughs> so All right, let's move over to Voyager. Yeah. Um, next article is for Voyager Digital halts trading, as we said earlier, and withdraws after three arrows capital default. This is from Andrew Hayward on Decrypt. Voyager Digital Day announced that it had suspended withdrawals deposits on its tr- trading platform. The firm issued a default notice to hedge fund 3 uh, AC, uh, saying that basically it was worth three or two-thirds of a billion dollars in crypto. Yeah, a lot of people overleveraged themselves, as we said earlier. Crypto trading platform Voyager Digital announced today that it temporarily halted all withdrawals, deposits, and trading due to current market conditions. Kind of feels like Celsius. No, anyways. <laughs> Uh, crypto trading platform, oh, no, I read that. Earlier this week, the uh, Voyager Digital issued a default notice to Three Arrows. The crypto hedge fund, whose apparent recent demise sent shockwaves because it's been around for a decade, right? Why would they go under? Because they're idiots. All right, I shouldn't blame them for everything. I'm not, you know, dealing with $10 billion worth well, of assets. Everybody, everybody was greedy at the top, man. Yes. Everybody was. Oh, yes. Just... But in the last two years, it's been crazy because, you know, the U.S. government gave away, what, $3.5 trillion to its people? Where do you think all that money went? Into the market. <laughs> it's, uh, it was a tremendously difficult decision, but we believe it is the right one given the current market conditions. This decision gives us additional time to continue exploring strategic alternatives. This is all um, corporate speak for we screwed up and we're trying to figure out what to do. So, um this is kind of a reiteration. I just want to read the more specific things. Uh, 3AC, led by Zusu uh, and Kyle Davies, had risen to risen to prominence amid the crypto bull market the last few years, which we just spoke about. However, the recent implosion of Terra Luna, or UST stablecoin, apparently dealt a significant blow to the fund and others lenders like BitMEX, FinBlocks, and Deribit. These measures minimized the losses and recouped the debts because, you know... Didn't uh, didn't Crypto.com put their name on a on a uh, a sporting arena for seven hundred million dollars? Mm-hmm. Do they still have seven hundred million dollars? You know, or did they just spend a lot of money of some investor to, you know, like oh great that that billion dollars I donated to crypto is now most of it's gone to putting just putting the name. I hope I can make that back in the next ten years. <laughs> we'll see. It's a little bold. All right. Last news of the day. Written by Jordan Lyonchev, uh, once again on Crypto Potato. And this is Celsius lays off 150 employees as crypto winter deepens. Report. 
According to a recent report, Celsius Network has fired about a quarter of its employees. This comes just after days. The company issued a statement reassuring once again that it's working around the clock to resume withdrawals and fix its liquidity issues. Citing a note that it has obtained over the weekend, the Israeli media outlet uh, Calculus reported the news that the crypto lender laid off around 150 of its employees amid its ongoing struggles. The company's LinkedIn page currently says it has 651 staff members, meaning that they that the fired ones represent approximately one quarter. Just a few days ago, Celsius published a statement indicating that they are focused on working as quickly as we can to stabilize liquidity and operations. As with, with previous messages, the firm didn't reveal any specific steps it had taken to resolve its issues. The blog post reads, quote, we continue to take important steps to preserve and protect assets and explore options available to us. The option includes pursuing strategic transactions as well as the restructuring of our liabilities, among other avenues. End quote. Once more, Celsius asked its community for more time as these exhaustive explorations are complex and takes time. Celsius halted withdrawals among all other network services in the middle of June and has yet to restart them. Since then, the company has hired restructuring, restructuring lawyers, paused AMAs and Twitter spaces, and reports emerged that the CEO, Alex Mashensky, tried to flee the U.S. but was stopped by local authorities, yet the team denied these rumors. While existing investors reportedly refuted to bail out the company, Goldman Sachs is purportedly trying to raise $2 billion to buy Celsius's crypto assets at a discount. Nexo also offered to purchase them. At the same time, the cryptocurrency winter continues with multiple companies laying off employees and hedge fund 3ACs filing for bankruptcy. Man, so it's not only Celsius, man. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. There is a lot of fud going on right now with crypto, crypto winter. So, yeah, yeah. great time to That's buy uh, uh, GPUs and uh, ASICs. And in fact, that was I think right? uh, Tosk. I know Vosk, V O S K, Voskcoin on YouTube has said it's the best time to buy Bitcoin ASIC miners. They're so cheap. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. the fallout. I mean, I've noticed this too. There's a guy in. Uh, Nearby where my office is, who's selling 130 3090 cards right now? Wow, 130. He's uh, selling them for for over a thousand of dollars a piece. So he's selling a hundred thirty thousand dollars worth of cards. So a thousand dollars a how piece is a lot less than he paid for them, I'm sure. <clears throat> yeah, but how much do they normally go for? Is that is that well, a reasonable in, price? I, I'm not in sure. In November, in November they were going for anywhere from twenty seven hundred to thirty six hundred dollars a piece. Wow. So he wow, probably spent crazy. about a half a million dollars getting all that hardware together, unless he already had it, wow. which he couldn't have because it's only been around for a year. So uh, that's a lot of hardware to sell for almost nothing. But I mean, he's probably just trying to get out of you know get something out of what he put into it. Um, that, that's, and he mines, or what does he do? He's yeah, he was a miner. 130 of those cards. Oh. So. Oh wow. Yeah, and I was looking at it going. I don't have 140 or 130k, but I would absolutely buy it. I would absolutely buy it if I had that kind of cash. So. <laughs> um, wow, that's crazy. In any case, let's. Uh, I just wanted to bring up this one more time here and say that uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We're trying to stick to our half hour, but we're just not getting all these there. But, but uh, if you appreciate the show, uh, please leave us a like on uh, YouTube or however you can say that you appreciate the content uh, for whatever platform you're watching. Uh, Odyssey it does have a liking button as well as YouTube. Um, and I don't know how Anchor works. I 
don't remember liking. I think I've liked it in the past. You can like on Anchor, right? Um, mm-hmm. So if you appreciate it, we appreciate you letting the uh, host of our content know that you appreciate our content. And if you'd like to help us out, we would also appreciate that you could do that through any of the donation methodologies or to buy one of our T-shirts. We greatly appreciate that. We're going to be putting more T-shirts up, funny T-shirts, interesting T-shirts that have to do with crypto. So as we always say at the end of our every show that we do, stack sats, stack sats, and hodl. Hodl. Adios. Adios.